Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, Jay Cutler. Started a new podcast called Uncut with Jay Cutler. Most of you know me from the NFL, some of you have seen me on Instagram, and some of you know me from the reality TV world. Each week I'm taking you along with me as we discuss football, turning topics, and whatever's going on in my life each week. I'm bringing along people that are special in my life. Former teammates, friends, and some new people that I like and respect. That's what you're supposed to do, right? Podcasting? I think I'm doing this right. Can't wait to get started with you. Go subscribe now. Uncut with Jay Cutler, Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, and Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, what are we talking about in the the show? You know, we're going to get into some Trans Am racing, maybe get you into another Trans Am car at some point. Sad how excited I am about that. (laughs) You should be excited. It's going to be fun, and it's going to be at Laguna Seca if we make it happen. Sonny's... Sonny's pumped. Uh, he should be. Uh, we're going to get into that. We'll get into some EV stuff as well. All right. But first, there's Geico. Would you love to save some money on your insurance? Of course you would. And who doesn't love a deal? When it comes to great rates on insurance for everything, Geico can help. Insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, RV, even your homeowners, condo, or renter's insurance. They are all covered with Geico. Save even more with special discounts when you bundle coverages together. Plus, they have an easy-to-use GEICO mobile app and 24-7 roadside assistance, so it's easy to switch to GEICO. It's a no-brainer. Switch today and see just how much you could save at GEICO.com. Go there and get a rate quote or contact a local agent. And welcome to CarCast, the man from it's Matt, the moderator, D'Andrea, over there. What's going on in your world, man? Hello. Oh, man. Uh, oh, it's car news. I've been driving some cars, uh, some new some new stuff that's kind of interesting. So there's, yeah, getting, uh, getting my, my warehouse a little situated, and mm-hmm. there's a lot going on. Um, all right. Well, we got lots of, uh, cars to talk about. Um, we have a, uh, pending project, a little Trans Am project. I don't know. You know, it's not, it's not done yet, but I don't know if you wanted to get into some of the. Yeah. You know, we don't, we don't have all the details on it yet, but there's a Trans Am race coming up in April at Laguna Seca. And, um, uh, yeah, we're just trying to put together an effort to get you out there in in the event uh, to race again. It's been some time since uh, since you were in that Trans Am car in that Corvette mm-hmm. uh, with with Burton Racing, but now there's a there's a new team and a new car and and some exciting new things happening at Trans Am and. Uh, some new broadcast stuff that they've got going on for promotion and post COVID <laughs> races are back on. Yeah, I guess post COVID. So, I don't know. With it, I mean, so dangerous to be in the infield of Laguna Seca. Uh, fucking retards. I, I don't know Jesus if it's post COVID or post closing shit down because of it. Uh, whatever. But uh, yeah, trying to put that together, um, which should be, which should be exciting to to do to do that event. You know, when you went out and raced, uh, you raced the Corvette, we were on the big track at Willow Springs. We went through that several times, but 
you know, the opportunity now really got interesting because this particular race is at Laguna Seca, arguably your home track, right? You've got the most experience on that track and more more comfortable with it. So not a lot of having to, you know, sit in the simulator or watch the videos of of all the turns. Like, I know you know Willow Springs pretty well, but at this point, you've done a lot more laps at, at Laguna than anything else. Yeah, I mean, there's always... Uh, you know, I don't know if people factor in the comfort level, but, uh, you know, when you go to some new track, especially if it's a bigger track, it 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 takes a good while to really figure that track out. Um, <clears throat> Sonoma's that way. Road Atlanta's that way. It's just you don't even know where you are. Some of the... Yeah. Some of the some of the stuff at Road Atlanta, some of the stuff at Sonoma, you, you can't really see a, around the next corner, and some say, of the elevation changes. The elevation changes are usually the things that, that <laughs> yes. kind of really throw you off because you don't know if you're coming over a hill and there you're turning or you're braking. Like, yeah, you kind of have to know ahead of time. It can be it can be daunting, but um, you know the thing about Willow Springs is it's flat for for the most part. So it's pretty straightforward, but it's also super fast. So now you're getting into a car and you're going at a high rate of speed. So now it's things, everything speeds up a little bit around you. Um, but, you know, the, the more modern day cars are just there. It's almost applicable to compare a modern day race car to a modern day road going car versus an older car from the sixties or the seventies. It's, it's, it's about the same difference. It's just, yeah. it's just, if you remember driving those old cars back in those old days, just on the street, it was just, there's just more work to it. it there, the shifting was different. The, the response on the throttle was different. The braking, certainly different handling, you know, that, that kind of stuff. It's like, it was, a little bit of a handful and you had to deal with it. The the newer cars, they're ergonomically a little better. Like there's a little more comfort in them. Yeah. The, the visibility is a little better, you know, things like um, the, the, the sequential gear shift is, is easier to deal with. You know, you just don't grab the wrong gears, you know, when it's sequential that way. So and and stuff like obviously suspension brakes throttle response you know and they're also not buggy like the you know the other sometimes when you drive like a vintage race car it's like well it doesn't get up on the throttle <laughs> under this RPM and you have to you can't just jam your foot onto the gas you have to kind of feather it up so it gets up on the pipe and you know stuff like that and then the modern day cars just yeah work even though they're full-blown race cars, they still work. They're just more civilized, even though you're going at a higher rate of speed. So we would be uh, partnering up with our friends at uh, at Showtime Motorsports, and they have uh, they have the big uh, the Camaro body. Um, it's the TA1 Racing class. It's you know these are. These are basically engines built for NASCAR, the stock uh, stock car engines for there. Um, I want to say it's the same engine builder that does a lot of those engines. Uh, 
around 850 horsepower 850 plus is what the crew chief will tell you and then beyond that you just get to get to speculate which keeps it kind of competitive so you know it's a big class it's a fast class you would be racing with um, multiple classes in the track at the same time so some slower cars some faster cars so there will be some traffic at some point yeah. uh, but it'll be it'll be exciting i expect about 35 to 40 cars on on the track i think at yeah i was kind of wondering you know i was thinking about that track and it's even though i think willow is like 2.5 or even 2.3 and um laguna seca is like 2.23 or something like that so it's it's marginally smaller it's not mm-hmm. it's not much it's Point one, point two miles smaller. I think is is Willow Chris one two five or like yeah. two four and change or B- something. Big Willow versus oh Big Willow. Yeah, yeah, not streets, not the go kart track. Yeah, <laughs> but so but um, it's it's more technical and it's a little bit slower and um, there's just more twists and turns and things like that. You know, so uh, I think experience on that track is going to be the. You know the biggest advantage for you compared to being on some of the other tracks because in this particular field, uh, all of these guys have been racing Trans Am in the various classes for some time. So for you to be able to go in there and be competitive, uh, it it would be tougher if if you know if you know your newest debut in TA was Sebring. Right. You yeah, know. yeah. Although Sebring might be a little easier. <laughs> Let's make it Road Atlanta or some yeah. or, or um oh god, uh, you know, Watkins Glen. Yeah. Well, Road Atlanta you have been on. Yeah, that's true. We'll make it yeah. Watkins Glen. Yeah. Because uh, Sebring is yeah. flat at least and was an old course. And I can tell you from running at um Oh God! Where's that uh, that naval base over? I want to say Corona, but Coronado. I mean Coronado. Coronado. I can tell you when you're running flat, yeah. at a place like Coronado, which they don't do anymore, but that's kind of like Sebring. Uh, you know, you look ahead and see cones and stuff, and then you can kind of look to the right and see the track and where everyone's everyone's going by and stuff like that, and. You'll catch on pretty fast. It's it's like autocross or something. Yeah. You know, autocross, they go out to the parking lot of Dodger Stadium. They put a bunch of cones out. It takes you a couple of laps, but then you kind of yeah. get it. Um, Road Atlanta or some of these other Sonomas, you can't see over the hill. That's the thing. And it, well, <laughs> you can't see where everyone is going, you know. You can see everyone in front of you when you're on. I mean, you can see the you can see the whole track from where you are. This is why a radio is important. Yeah, <laughs> you got to have the radios. You got to have somebody tell you uh, what's going on, or at least tell you what's going on in case of you know traffic and yeah. crashing, or you're coming up on the slower guys and someone's in the dirt and just like a little bit of that coaching. But yeah, which yeah. is why all of our driving schools and our like our driving experiences like speed vegas and stuff there's no real elevation changes there right because it's it's for you know it's a version for everybody to be able to go out onto that track Uh, yeah well so so that so uh, just to jump back to what you were saying so this may or may not be true we'd have to maybe we can figure it out chris check 
you can also check my screen. My little screen out here is not working. I keep trying to turn it on, so it's not turning on. But um, but don't worry about that. I you can we'll see what we can do. All right. So uh, so here's so I was saying about thirty five forty cars. I think there's six or seven in the TA one group, and then it kind of breaks down to the other group. So all right. Yeah. Well, so here's what I'm saying, mm-hmm. which is. Quite possible, but again, with my small screen not working, it'd be hard to glean this, but Chris can look it up anyway. The uh, lap times on uh, Trans Am 1 at Laguna Seca versus Trans Am 3, let's say. So Trans Am 1, cars are making more horsepower, big slicks, and, and faster cars. On the other hand... You take an Audi R8 and, you know, you gut it, you put a cage in there and you put some slicks on it and you kind of go, well, you know, and there's more to it than this. It's not going to be a perfect comparison. But as we've said many times, the guys out there in Trans Am from the 60s, the pony car Trans Ams, I'm sure some of those dudes got some motors that are making 750 horsepower. I mean, some of those guys don't fuck around, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're getting built. They're getting built by the same dudes that are building these engines. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're using every trick in the book legally and they're putting down some horsepower. They don't have the, they don't have the rubber, but they're putting down the horsepower. And as we all know, the guys in the 510s are turning the same lap times, essentially, sometimes faster, just yeah. because the 510's a little lighter and a little more maneuverable and gets through the corners a little faster and doesn't have the weight, you know, that can break a little lighter. And those guys, um, those guys hustle those cars around the track. And so you got to kind of go, well, on a, on a big track like Willow, the guys with the big horsepower, they're just going to have the advantage. But on a smaller, more technical track, you wonder if uh, some of those guys in the Trans Am 2 or 3 with the less horsepower but s- smaller, maybe more maneuverable, maybe even lighter cars, you wonder if some of those guys are going to get around that track pretty fast. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good question. But I think those cars, though, are sort of um – like stock-ish cars with sealed engines, you know, sealed crate engines, and a limited amount of tire. So I, it is possible that those cars are not lighter. They might actually be heavier. Yeah, that's very um, true. Uh, and the limitation of tire is going to be the big thing. In the vintage racing, when we see the 67 Camaros and Mustangs out there, and they're making huge horsepower, they're not faster than the 510. A lot of it is the tire limitation. Mm-hmm. Now, the TA1, the class you're in, you know, those are tube frame cars with, like, now with carbon fiber bodies and stuff. So uh, I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm curious to know what they're going to come in at, at you know, weight-wise. Uh, you know, it's a lot of tube frame and there's sequential transmissions and big V8 engines and 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 things like that and some electronics and stuff. But you know, uh, I we'll dig into it. We're gonna uh, as we put this deal together and in the next uh, you know month or so, we will we'll chat with the you know with racers. We'll chat with uh, 
with the crew chief and we'll try to milk as much information from them as possible and brush up on your questions. How do you turn the tech out of pit mode into race mode and, you know, the, the digital cluster and, and, you know, uh, is, is it sequential transmission? Do you use the clutch in the first gear and then it's not after, you, you know, like you use the clutch. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, you do use the clutch. You do. Yeah. Or I do. I mean, they go use it or don't use it. I, I don't know. We can fuck around yeah, that's, with that. Well, I, I well, think the, some good uh, questions to ask them when we get them in here. I was using the clutch. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem to, I don't know, one way or the other didn't really seem to make the, a difference uh, to me at least. But, you know, we should talk to, you know, Tommy Dreesy and ask him if he uses the clutch. Or, or have all the Corvettes shifted over to the Camaro body? I, I don't know for sure if they've all switched over, but I know there's some Mustang bodies out there and there are some uh, Camaro bodies out there. And last I heard when they were developing the bodies, for whatever reason, there was a little bit better arrow on the Camaro body than the previous Corvette body. And I think they were phasing it out because that Corvette isn't sold anymore. The front engine, mm-hmm. cor- you know, now mm-hmm. we got the C8. So why promote mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. that you can't really get? New, so I think there were some, you know, there's some politics and there's some arrow and stuff going on there. Uh, you know, I I remember going out to um, Thermal in Palm Springs and I did that F1 experience and drove the F1 car. That's a paddle shifted sequential transmission, but it did have a clutch. And the reason why I mentioned that is because they they have to sh- start the engine through the, the back of the motor with like a like a jack shaft like a giant mm-hmm. drill with a mm-hmm. with a you know yeah. 3 foot shaft on it mm-hmm. and they said use the clutch in first gear to get the car moving and then mm-hmm. once you're beyond first gear don't use it anymore and just just shift it like it's a paddle mm-hmm. like a sequential so it's just kind of interesting how it kind of would stall out if you didn't use the clutch in the in the first gear just getting out of the pit row getting up to that first whatever 30 40 50 miles an hour yeah, I'm pretty sure I use the clutch. Hey, so Chris, <laughs> yeah, find the lap times, but also see what the weight is on the Trans Am one versus the three or the okay. two. Just a heads up, so the three is now called Super GT. They got rid mm-hmm. of calling it Trans Am three. I'll look at the weights um, in uh, 2021. So they raced in the same race. Uh, Trans Am, Tommy Dreesey got, uh, he was first place. You're right, but you're not at Laguna Seca. I am at Laguna Seca. You are. Yeah. They did the race in 2021. Yeah. Hmm. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, it's okay. Um, so his best time was 127 point, one minute, 27.2. Mm-hmm, 127. And another one was 128. And then for the Super GT, the fastest time was 132 and another one at 134. Oh, okay. So they are quite a bit quicker yeah yeah you get into the you get into the 120 you know the high 127s on that track and in the vintage world you're now in it with sort of the gtp cars or that that realm yeah that's that's quick or or even even into the vintage F1. I mean, I don't mean like 60s F1. I mean like 80s or yeah. whatever. Like, I think I think those, if you can get into the 120s on that track, you're you're hustling. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's going to be. And it's, and it's, 
it's you know, fast. it's not the fastest track, but it is. Uh, I went and looked it up, and you're going on that front straight. You're you're at one fifty on that track and, in that car. I, and i assume that's the lap times on race results which means that's with traffic because of the slower groups if you put these guys on there and they were doing testing if just the top six ta1 cars went out there all things being equal and there's only six guys on the track they're probably a little quicker because at some mm-hmm. point you're going to hit some traffic yeah be interesting so that's to see if uh tommy's going out there yeah i'm sure he is I have to follow him. <laughs> it's always the plan. It never works out. Yeah, it doesn't always work out that way. But uh, yeah. I will. He's a nice guy, and I'll just fucking tell him it'll never work. But I'll still tell him during practice or whatever. Just eh, let me tuck in behind you for a yeah, couple Yeah, he's laps. not going to do that. <laughs> well, <laughs> he's going to go out there and win. He's going to go out there and I be, know. be brutal and he- win. Nah, I know, but we'll we'll see. Listen, every time we do the vintage race and you're like, those guys on the 935s, they're all saying, hey, let's all go out at 60%, 70%, and they never really do. The TA guys, they're going out, and they only want to do 100%. They are definitely out there to win. They're not even like in the driver's meeting going, hey, maybe the first few laps, let's put on a show. Let's all go 70%. No. <laughs> they're not going to do that at all. It'll never work. And I think... I think uh, if you learned anything from the previous race that you did, although it was years ago, would be because the sessions are longer and we'll figure out how long and how many laps you do, it's it's more thinking about tires, like getting mm-hmm. how long to get them up to temp, how long do they last, when do they get greasy, like over this whatever 40-minute, 45, 50-minute time period, like what to expect through the the changes of of tires. You know, the vintage racing has always been interesting, but, you know, not a lot of tire consideration beyond the setup, right? Like, mm-hmm. hey, this is what we're running, and then it's going to be the same the whole time. Now there's going to be a difference. Yeah. Yeah, you'll, you can, you'll definitely feel the tires just, going away it's kind of it's an interesting phenomenon and the way you really experience it is in the hairpin tighter corners you just start turning your wheel more and more and more um each time after you know after about a half an hour you just start noticing what used to be a slight turn of the wheel is not a big turn of the wheel and the car still kind of Mm-hmm. snow plowing forward yeah, right. it, it 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 makes a difference it's i think we were talking to tommy kendall at one point because we were saying hey you know you've seen the the cars in the collection and you know there's some of the cars have manual adjustments for sway bars in the in the vintage cars and he would talk about i think it was tk he was saying yeah throughout the race as you get greasier he would adjust the sway bar yeah to start to compensate for that on the fly just as he was just trying to yeah, figure they, out they, it's in the car yeah i mean we should probably discuss monkeying around with it i guess my ass would never be sensitive enough to go uh when do i start dialing it in i just <laughs> you know it the conversation theoretically will be after 20 laps shall i take this little lever and click it forward one yeah or turn a knob a quarter turn and right and lap 30 you give it another quarter turn right like 
is there is there a thought process on it? Even if that's even available in the new cars, I don't I don't remember if it even has I it. I think it does, but I don't remember talking about it last time. But I think it does for some reason. All right, and then the question is. Um, Radio and the helmet. Radio and the helmet. I don't helmet. want to go through that again. So the the radio and the helmet last time was we showed up and they said, uh, you got a radio in your helmet? And I said, no. And they went, oh, boy. And uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, that could have been put in the form of an email several weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. I would have yes. done it, but yes. it was never brought up. So then um, they went and took the radio out of their helmet but it wasn't really a good radio for it was just a sort of foam earplugs yeah right that had the had the little speaker at the end and you plug it in and uh then of course under any kind of race conditions it was so goddamn loud in the car that there was no radio that could be used during the race but during the yellows when people kind of got off the throttle a little bit one could communicate and that did help me so the question now is, is what is a radio in a helmet? And I'm guessing it's molded earplugs. I, I, would, I would imagine so. But even when I did uh, the Urbandale oval race, I had a, a spotter and, and a radio and earplugs. And he told me straight up, he's like, well, you won't be able to hear me when you're on the throttle. He goes, right. so whenever you're getting into turn and getting on the brakes or off the throttle, it goes, that's when I'll try to say something, mm. you know? And I was like, uh, okay. Cause you, you know, you couldn't hear anything otherwise. So I could imagine if you had a good set of molded fitted earplugs, um, that might work. But yeah, once you're on the throttle, the loud, the yeah. sound is, is pretty and- you know, I never really thought about it, but also like at the time when we used the earplugs and you see the guys take the helmet off and they got the tape on their ear, mm-hmm. uh, I noticed the difference when we taped it versus not taping it. It does mm. seem to to hold it in or maybe it just adds like another little layer of sound protection from the outside world, putting a little bit of the, the one piece of tape, you mm-hmm. know, the gaffer's tape on your ear, <laughs> uh, which, uh, you know, uh, looks silly, but it seemed to help a little bit. Oh, another thing to mention, because now that we've got a little bit of time, mm-hmm. uh, you will have to do the uh, the medical again. So mm-hmm. you got to okay. get all all that certified stuff. Hey, Chris, <laughs> yeah. what's the weight? Did you figure out the weight of those uh, cars? For, for, tr- for TA1, the minimum base weight is 2780. Okay. Uh, but I'm not seeing anything for uh, Super GT yet. There's, it's really not published anywhere. That well, those seen. cars, yeah, but those are, cars are 3,500 pounds to begin yeah, with. If yeah. that, so I mean, they're for them to drop that much weight to get down close to that would be probably tough. I mean, it, they no, might it be within be 300 pounds, the, maybe 3,000 yeah, I mean, versus 2,700. I think all they do is just gut the interior, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, it, it's specific to each model of the car because there's so many cars you could you could choose from. Mm-hmm. Um, so each, like, if you have this car, it can only be this weight. Right. Like, if you're running an R8 and it's all-wheel drive, you probably have some sort of horsepower limit or weight penalty or something along, along the lines of that, right? Like, you got to weigh a little bit more, you know, for yeah. the advantage, to offset the advantage of, of all-wheel drive, for example. Yeah, but the all-wheel drive adds a fair bit of weight. Right. Too, so right. they'll be It's there. funny, because we were at Long Beach, and we saw at the Long Beach Grand Prix— and then they ran a bunch of the sports cars, and 
every yellow a restart, like the Volvos would all like take off because they were all the all-wheel drive Volvos. Uh-huh. And then I, they didn't necessarily win all the races. But uh, I just remember like I think it was a Volvo, Volvo and Audi. When or, is uh, – what's the date – of the Long Beach Grand Prix this year because I think it may be up against Chris's goddamn wedding. It is the same. So Ugh. it's the same. I so knew it. I, uh, uh, Don't you factor shit in? I, I should. Aren't that, you from Long Beach? I know. I should look at that. You could just get married there. <laughs> All right. at, at the track, we do a track wedding. Infield be wedding. Funny. Infield wedding. They got mm-hmm. track lobster. But I'm 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 getting married on a Friday. So, so yeah. Oh, you can still make I'm gonna, it work. I'm going to go to the uh, event and wish you well and see you Friday, and then I'm going to drive back and then go R- to the race. is Saturday? Yeah. Uh, Saturday and Sunday. Is and it then, Sunday, or they is that the— Well, the Indy car would, final would be Sunday. Oh, it is? Yeah. I uh, thought for some so reason— So you can make it. You can make it, Chris. I thought— You can make hey, it for yeah. Sunday. <laughs> I thought for some reason the Indy race was Saturday and, like, the vintage whatever was Sunday or something, or or the trans—not the trans, the sports car was Sunday. Yeah, well, they've got, they've got a vintage race, and they've got the trucks, I think, at the end when everyone's done because they screw up the track. And then—so I want to say the the— the finals, because there's racing Indy on Saturday, and then I think the final is Sunday for Indy. For some reason, I don't think the Indy finals on Sunday, but well, we can we can look see if we can find the I gotta, schedule. I, I know there. I saw him last year. And I, you saw I him on Saturday? Saturday? I, I see him Saturday or Sunday. I, well, we'll figure it out. We'll yeah, I, I think the Indy race is Saturday, and the sports car, and then the truck is and then like, like Sunday the week or before like is the you know the drifting and. Stuff because they're out. They're already setting up. Really, uh, they were already up on social media. Like now, here we are. We're I don't know, whatever, fifty days out or something. And they're like, this is this starts the setup. So now we're starting to hmm. bring bring in the you know the barriers and all kinds of stuff. And uh, yeah, it's a big it's a big deal. All right, let's see. We got the schedule here. Uh, Sunday, April tenth. We've got historic. Uh, the Acura Hot Laps, uh, Long Beach of Grand Prix Indy, eighty-five laps Sunday. Yeah, oh, and then they do. they do the trophy trucks. All right, so the the Grand Prix of Long Beach is Sunday. I, I stand corrected. Saturday is it like qualifying or something? Uh, Indy practice in the morning, qualifying at twelve, and. Um, and then that's it. Oh, they are doing some drifting in the after. Or and they're at doing night. they're doing historic uh, IMSA GTP challenge race yep. as well. Wow, they got a hundred minute race. I got a full. I got a full plate. Go to Sunday uh, one more time, please. So uh, Sunday's got the historic IMSA GTP challenge race too, and then the Acura hot laps, and then uh, Mother's Exotic Car Parade, and then. Um, uh, let's see. Eleven forty-five pre-race IndyCar's a grid. It's a lot of fanfare going up. You know, drivers. Right. Then the Indy race is at twelve forty-five. Yeah. And then the Stadium Super Trucks, and then Porsche Carrera Cup, Cup race. race is after the Super Super Trucks. Interesting. Well, good luck. <laughs> yeah. I hope they move those jumps. <laughs> I hope they move those jumps. <laughs> that is the craziest race ever. And it is. And it's, they just hit each other like in the air and around the turns. It's it's fun to see. And it's actually really fun to see. And when you see it live, because mm-hmm. when you're in the grandstands, they come flying. They set up the jumps in front of the grandstands so you can see the trucks go flying through the air. <laughs> All right. So also the uh, Hummer 
EV specs are released finally? Yeah. So uh, we were just talking about how um, uh, not long ago how you know all the car manufacturers saying like we've got all of these EVs and the way to make these EVs get longer range as we look into better battery technology, we're going to focus on lighter weight and aerodynamics. If we can reduce the amount of wiring and all the stuff that's in a vehicle to reduce the weight. Uh, however, the Hummer EV is going to weigh 9,063 pounds. The battery alone is 2,923 pounds. It's going to be the largest battery in a production vehicle so far, 210 kilowatts, but because it's so heavy, it's going to have a 320-mile range. That will be 1,000 horsepower, boatloads of torque, 329-mile range is what GM submitted to the EPA. Uh, I have no idea what it's going to cost to charge that thing. <laughs> well, the question is, is are, are, are the tree huggers down with this thing? Because I feel like environmentally – this thing's more impactful than just driving a, well, a Honda Civic gas powered. You know, I was. This is a conversation with people that uh, are much more knowledgeable about the topic. But I kept saying on on the show earlier with Goldberg, say, "Hey, look, you know, uh, the 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 government is forcing the car companies to say we've got to go to EV, and we're not going to have." Gas engines by, you know, in new cars sold by a certain year and we're phasing that out. But at some point, this is going to come back around and we're going to start getting mandates going, hey, uh, builders, you can't build new houses or communities without solar power everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. And we can't build new buildings of any sort without solar power. And then it's going to be something like a rollout, like, oh, all new homes need to have 35% solar power by a certain year, then it's going to be 70 or 80% because mm-hmm. the idea of generating enough power and storing it and do it to, to charge all these electric cars, especially because they want us to all charge at home. What, I mean, what, what, what are we going to do? Just roll cold. We're going to end up rolling cold anyway, just to, just to charge all of these EVs. Like what's, what's going to happen. So solar is going to be the way to make it happen, I guess. But When's it going to come down to that's going to be the next big thing, right? Yeah, California is very indicative of of the mindset that dumb people have, or idealistic people have, which is we want electric cars and we're going to mandate for electric cars, but we don't have the mechanical infrastructure to support it. Our power grid is shit in California. Mm-hmm. So it's a perfect, it's a perfect glimpse into the way fucking idiots think. <laughs> I, it's the people that they sit around and they go, you know, I don't like, I, I just, I don't like hunting. And then they go, but you eat meat. Yeah. Well, then what, hunting, we, they just hunt and they eat the meat. Yeah. I, I don't like hunting. And then you go, oh, but you go to the market and you buy meat and that's coming from a slaughterhouse. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I, know, I don't want to hear I know, about it. I, I don't know, want to hear about it. I know, but I yeah. just, I'm not for hunting. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That, that's, that's classic chick think, and it's <laughs> fucking dumb. And when that chick think gets into policy, then we're fucked. And that's basically California. Well, look, 
pushing EVs on everyone, and there's some cool EV cars, don't get me wrong, but pushing the whole agenda of EV has political teeth, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but fixing a power grid doesn't have any political teeth, right? No, you can't get anyone to rally behind that pointing. because people, yeah. yeah, that's just going to be like, who's going to pay for it? And I don't get to see what I pay for, right. you know, like at least buying a Tesla, you get to see what you pay for. Yeah, it doesn't, <laughs> it's not sexy. Right. All right. <laughs> I don't know, it's just kind of interesting. I'm going to be in uh, Waukegan, Illinois at the uh, Genesee Theater on March 10th doing stand-up and then... Uh, March 11th and 12th, going to Kansas City, the comedy club of Kansas City. And you can go to adamcarolla.com if you'd like to uh, hang out and uh, say hi. Uh, what do you got, Matt? Uh, you know, I've been driving a few cars, Jaguar F-Pace and the Land Rover Defender 90, the two-door version. So I'll be posting some of that stuff up on social media and talk to you guys about it. So, till next time, Adam Curl for Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, saying keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Would you love to save some money on your insurance? Of course you would. And who doesn't love a deal when it comes to great rates on insurance for everything? Geico can help insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, RV, even your homeowners, condo or renters insurance. They are all covered with Geico. Save even more with special discounts when you bundle coverages together. Plus, they have an easy to use Geico mobile app and 24 seven roadside assistance. So it's easy to switch to Geico. It's a no-brainer. Switch today and see just how much you could save at geico.com. Go there and get a rate quote or contact a local agent. This February on Pluto TV, we're putting the spotlight on iconic black talent. Watch your favorite movies like Top 5, 48 Hours, and More Than a Game. And drop in to binge black TV classics like The Bernie Mac Show and Moesha. Pluto TV has hundreds of channels and thousands more movies and TV shows all for free. So download the Pluto TV app on your favorite streaming device and start watching today. Pluto TV. Drop in. Watch free.